Welcome back to the Blood of Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSplitation.com, and I'm joined with my co-host, Mark. How's it going? Uh, we're doing fairly well. We pretty are back. good. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty solid. We're back with another episode. This time, um, we're we're trying to go the seasonal route. As you may or may not know, depending on your religious observations, we have Easter coming up soon. This this uh, This coming weekend. Actually, Easter Sunday, Passover as well. That's right. We don't have a movie for that though, unfortunately. Either probably is one. Yeah, there probably is. We just didn't do the research to find out. Um, we've never done an Easter movie before. There's not that many Easter movies, to be honest with you. Uh, specifically for horror, really. Um, a couple, you know, Passion of the Christ, we could do. But uh, other than that, there's not too many. So our selections were few and far between. That's why we waited seven seasons to to do it. But uh, the movie that we we picked for today is... You picked for today. Yeah, I, okay. You don't even want credit for it. Uh, is one... So, so to be fair, the Critter series is actually fairly well received by cult film fans Um, there is a a whole faction of cult film fans that are very immersed in critters lore wow what a life you spend your days thinking about (laughs) the critters movies hoping for a new one to come out at some point oh god please 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 you on the other hand are going to now spend your days hoping that another one does not come out yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> Leave those fucking critters in space where they belong. <laughs> so this film, and I, I should say the whole Critter series, has a unique take on the horror movie because generally horror movies go to space when they don't know what else to do. Critters bring space to Earth when it doesn't know what to do <laughs> instead. So... The whole premise of Critters, and you, I, you've never seen the original critter, Critters, right? No. The whole premise of the original Critters is almost identical to Critters 2 um, in the fact that there's a small town, there's a, you know, the kid from Critters 2 uh, who lives in a small town, and Critters come from space and they terrorize his family in their, you know, small town home, and they have to figure out a way to get rid of these critters. And there's bounty hunters from space that come and 
try to help out. But ultimately, you know, it's the kid and an alcoholic guy that uh, are going to ultimately save the day. That's Critters. Um, and then Critters 2 is like, what if we did that? But again, they put and so at much Easter. Let's say they put so much thought into it. You should. Did you see the two posters between the two? Mm-hmm. They just literally slapped a two on it. Right. Yeah. They're very. They're very. The, the movies themselves are very similar. Um, and like I said, the 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 main crux of the differences is that Critters Two takes place during the Easter holiday, which is not really that big of a doesn't play that big of a role in the film. There's a couple of instances of of Easter seeping into the the ideas that are at play but for the most part the movie is really like a, just another a, a first film redux and there are a few things that they change about the way that the critters operate and the, the bounty hunters and things like that but other than that like this could be a you know this this could have been the first movie uh, all over again they really don't do that much to change it up so i thought i'd give you a a brief rundown of what happens in critters just so you know um because Clearly, you need to know what happens in Critters to understand Critters too. Of course. Otherwise, how are, how do you under how can you understand the nuances in this movie that really set it apart from other movies about little critter things like Gremlins and the Ghoulies? Have you seen you've you've, you've seen Gremlins? Yeah, we did it for the podcast, and it's a Christmas staple. Right, in Gremlins 2, you've seen. Yes. Have you seen... That's got the holster, baby. <laughs> of course you've seen it, then. That's what this film could have used. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. It could have used the Hulk, yeah, that's right. How about, have you seen Ghoulies? No, hold on. Not the Hulk. Hulk Hogan, the Hulkster, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Yeah, the Hulk. Yeah, no, that's no. The Hulk. No, no that's Marvel. You mean it, like, it doesn't have, um, um, Lou Ferrigno? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have Lou Ferrigno? Ed Norton. But you, you've never seen Ghoulies? No. Okay. <laughs> they, you know, so like during this time, there was a lot of movies that came out of like little, little critter thingies that would not generally be that scary, except they amassed together and cause mischief. How do you, how do you spell ghoulies? G-H-O-U-L-I-E-S. And can you turn down your, your volume just a, just a tad? Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Maybe I should just talk quieter. Um, But but for the most part, you know, th- this time frame was when a lot of these movies were coming out and, you know, Gremlins being one of the first, uh, they really copied the ideas from Gremlins Um. You know, Critters kind of spun off of that with having, like, the space element to it. Um, and it kind of was a little bit of a uniqueness. And actually, Critters, the first movie, is really worth a watch. Um, it's not a bit, it's not a terrible movie. It does have, like, the tongue-in-cheek humor. Maybe not as much as Critters 2. Um, but it's actually worth a watch because it is a fairly good movie um, with, with pretty good Critters effects. Um Ghoulies is a really goofy movie, as you can probably see from the poster. It like kind of takes the Gremlins approach and then runs wild with it, with a with a more like uh, raunchy element to it, um, which again spawned a, a few different sequels. Uh, surprisingly, because with these movies, it's really difficult to figure out what to do with them after you've already presented, you know, one movie of these little things running rampant. Like, 
how can you continually have them get into more mischief? Um, but this was a time where they really focused on these little little things. Um, even to the extent of you know puppets too, like Puppet Master um, was really was fairly big at, uh, around the same time too. Um, so little things that would hurt you <laughs> was pretty popular around this this time frame. And uh, you know Critters too um, got a got a sequel. And interestingly enough, Mick Garris is the director on this. And if you haven't, you don't know Mick Garris. Um, he's done a couple major things, Critters 2 being one of them, um, working on a number of shorts for um, like Amazing Stories, which was a TV show back in the 80s that was sort of like Tales from the Crypt, except less about horror and more about like just, you know, odd things that happen in life um he did um hocus pocus which is probably his his you know major standout um film and uh other than that he didn't really have a whole lot of other works that were you know major major films um and even then like hocus pocus was only written by Mick Garris. Um, a lot of a lot of things he wrote, n- not a lot of things directed. Um, so it is interesting that Mick Garris helmed this movie um, and also co-wrote it. Um, and it does have a lot of similarities to Hocus Pocus. Um, you know, the small town atmosphere the focus on horror but that's sort of like goofy and comical and um you know a little bit um comedic but other than that you know it is kind of interesting to see mick garris directing this one um it's just not really his bag did you really just compare critters 2 to fucking hocus pocus yeah Wow. There's going to be a whole lot of people mad with you. Why? Because I disparaged Hocus Pocus or because Critters 2 has not that much in common with Hocus Pocus? Because you're disparaging Hocus Pocus. Well, you know what? I do like Hocus Pocus. Uh, It's a nice, it's a great Halloween movie that we've not done yet, have we? No. So that's, that's probably on the docket. No, you know what? No. I'm fine. It's, <laughs> that if there's ever been a cow beaten to death by the millennials, it's hocus pocus. <laughs> well, we're getting a second one too, so. Oh, goody! Yeah, a long forty, year, 40 years <laughs> later. Yeah, well, a long-awaited sequel, and not just the Disney sequel version too. That the, someone wrote a book about. Uh, uh, say the ghost of Bette Midler is yeah. gonna be in it by the time they finally wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, with all that introduction out of the way for for yeah, Critters like, Two, you gave a more storied preamble to Critters Two <laughs> than I think you have for more important films. That I, we've I done. came in like, prepared and I gave a nice little um, background essay about it. Right? So here's 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 everything I know about Critters Two. Um, well, and honestly too, I've, I had, I did watch quite a bit of, um, like 
extra features on Critters 2 because I did get the the Critters box set from Screen Factory for well, you, review you better, a long, if a long time giving, ago. They're not giving you free fucking Blu-rays for you to skimp on the extras. That's right, right. So I watched them all, you know, and that's how I know. This is, you know. But, yeah, I did give a lot of good information for, for anybody who's interested in Critters 2. Um, so, with that said... What a life. <laughs> with that said... I, I'm just curious to, like... Who, what was going on in your life in 1988? Like going to the, you know, to the your local video store and being like, "This is it. This is the thing that has changed my life." But then again, it's the same thing with Leprechaun. It still had it's had six sequels. So mm-hmm. somebody out there's like, "This is great." Yeah, I mean, like I said, Critters has a really large following and that is in part due to like the work of the Kyoto brothers on this um who are pretty well known for their special effects work <clears throat> um so they they did the critters effects and they they did do the critters effects on uh most of the movies and um you know they're I don't know if you're probably not familiar with them um no. but they also did some work on movies like um Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is a another cult classic. Um, they did Team America: World Police, just so, just so you're aware. Um, yeah, I'm looking at there. Yeah, and and a and a few others um, from the like the late '90s. Um, Elf. Early '90s. Yeah, yeah, and you know when you do special effects, especially for movies that aren't really known that well for special effects, um, you probably don't realize that they did them. But yeah, they did. You know, they're they're pretty well known for for some of the uh, the different movies, and um, you know th- that that's part of the reason why Critters has such a following because of the actual special effects, the the Critters puppeteering work. Well, they did the claymation for UHF, so you know that that caught my eye. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You ever yeah. see UHF? Uh, I have not. Wow. No. I have not seen it. Wow. I'll have to check it out at some point. I know it's it's a good movie. All right. So, we we've, we've done enough intro for for Critters 2. Let's uh In let's fact, let's just wrap the episode yeah, up. Right we now. we did it all. I talked about it. We're good. Let's skip it. Uh no, we'll go into our beer talk right now. Um we've got a new beer on the show today. Uh one that has had has caught our attention, caught our eye. And uh, I'll, I've been speaking a lot. I'll let you take over for the, for the <clears throat> beer. Thank you. I, I didn't know when you would shut the hell up. That's probably some of the comments on our episodes. <laughs> As I take a nice swig of the beer. Mm. So, um, Ryan had caught an eye uh, at our local beverage center. Uh, a beer from a brewery that I think we've done a couple of times on the podcast if not shame on us but it's a brewery that we like that's in local in the vermont area that as much as we like we don't really experience it as much as we should um i'm talking about fiddlehead and if you've ever had their ipa you know what fiddlehead's ipa is all about because it's a dank wonderful hoppy mess and but that's usually like all we really get from them that and the second fiddle so it was kind of nice to see that they uh, 
have recently put out a white ale, Belgian white ale, uh, which isn't really a white ale. It's a golden ale. I don't think I've ever had the second fiddle, to be honest with you. I haven't either. I've seen it, but I just haven't. Yeah, you know. I, th- I, th- I think really the only thing that I have had from them is just their regular. We've standard. had others. I say we've had a couple others. So I was looking at my check-in. Really? On the untapped, yeah. I guess I didn't realize. But, so yeah, they got a nice Belgian uh, gold ale co- uh, out right now called Ethereum um, in 12 packs. I imagine, I imagine they have more offerings in spite of what their uh, website says. The website just kind of mentions the regular Fiddlehead IPA and second fiddle. So, what you want in a nice... Belgian gold ale is like with like almost every other Belgian beer that you want to be drinking like your saisons and farmhouse ales and doubles etc. You want nice bright golden light yet sweet coriander orange peel all those nice Belgian notes and this beer why does that it's delightful. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, me especially, big fan of Belgian-style beers. I think it's something that doesn't get done enough. And to see Fiddlehead do a golden ale, it's uh, very good. It's refreshing. It's light and crispy. It has all the notes that you'd want from a fine Belgian ale. has a little bit of like a... It's not exactly like super dank, but it's got like a little dank and a little tanginess to it at the end. Um, but it's still very good, and I would definitely buy this more often if they keep it around as like a uh, year-round offering. Yeah, it, it the the Ethereum wit is a very drinkable beer. It's um. It's good for spring. It's a, you know, and we tend to think of like wet wheat bears being, you know, towards the early season of summer, spring, um, because they are so drinkable. Um, But with the weedy flavor that kind of sets it apart from a a very, you know, citrusy, strong uh, summer beer. Um, This one, I think, is a really, a, a pretty good take on the wit. It is a very, very pale color. Uh, almost you know it's it's definitely like the unfiltered wheat style but it's got like almost like a a whitish um i don't know like a whitish hue to it that sets it apart from like your standard like yellow pale and um ultimately the the taste of this is very good because you do get those coriander notes you do get that orange peel um right at the first taste the first part of your you know your sip um towards the end i i end up getting a very strong wheat flavor to it that kind of stands out on the aftertaste um that i think is maybe a little bit too pronounced because it overshadows the coriander and orange here uh to the point where like the end of the beer on the palate just tastes like wheat and that's not what i'm looking for in a white beer like this um 
I'm looking for a more balanced approach to that with the coriander, orange, and wheat kind of offsetting each other where you don't get a strong flavor of one of those things at the end because, again, I wouldn't want a really strong flavor of coriander at the end either. You know, that would be too overpowering. Um, orange is okay because you can kind of get away with that with the citrus flavor. But um, I do wish that the wheat was just a little bit more balanced into the beer. Um, otherwise, though, I do think it is a really drinkable beer. Um, it has a fairly low ABV, 5.3% on the lower side. So it is, you know, sessionable. Um, so overall, I think it's a pretty interesting experiment from Fiddlehead, who, <laughs> you know, for, for the most part makes IPAs. Uh, so to have them come out with like a wit like this is kind of interesting. Um, and I'm for it. You know, I definitely can see myself drinking more of these. I just wish they, they were able to balance the wheat out a little bit. Um, certainly not for the gluten intolerant. I will say that <laughs> stay, stay far away. You'll be breaking out in hives and having anaphylactic shock. God, it must suck, suck to have celiacs. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm never sure if I don't, if I have it or not. Like i sometimes I feel like I could, that would suck for me, but I probably wouldn't stop drinking beer. That's the thing. They'd be like, yo, you, you you know, you have celiacs. You've got to really cut down on, you know, your wheat and gluten intake. I'd be like, I don't think I can. I have a show. I have a show to do. <laughs> this show requires me to, to drink beer. Yeah. All right. Well, no, I, I feel like that too. Like that. And I'm also like lactose intolerant, but at the same time, it's like, give me the, you know what though? The, Sometimes you the, just can't tell. Give me the onion roll, a beer, and some cheese. Yeah, you, you can't tell. It's like, am I actually intolerant, or is my body just shitty now? <laughs> you just never know. You're getting older and in your 30s. Your body might just be shitty at, at, at doing those things now. It's been ragged on for so long. It's just like, I'm giving up. At work, I bought a bag of flaming Hot like uh, Cool Ranch Doritos, and uh, oof, that, you know should have done that that's that's like how i was saying you know i used to be all against drinking whiskey over ice you know i was like oh it's just watering down your whiskey why would you do that why would you why don't you want the full experience of just drinking it straight and now i've gotten to my age where i'm like you know one sip with not over the rocks is like Oh, I oh, feel yeah. like I'm going to die. Oh, yeah, making fun of me all these years, and now look and at you. So now I understand, you know, why you would put it over ice, because your body is shitty. <laughs> I would say, the, an old man, you know, figured it out a long time ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here's how to make your fire water a little bit more palatable. <laughs> Maybe I won't <laughs> scorch my entire esophagus. All right, let's what get. What are into... you? I say, are you really doing a shot of rye if you're not, you know, getting that pepper buckshot into your throat? It's true. It's true. All right, let's get into critters too. Let's talk about it. I know you're raring to go about it. You were, you know, you were 110 percent into this movie. Um, for I can tell because I always I get text messages when Martin is watching the movies because he generally tends to watch the movies after me, uh, especially when we're not doing them in person like we have been for like a couple of years now we haven't watched the movies together uh which we used to do we used to watch the movie then do the podcast together but um because of plague and because 
you know, the people around Martin are not very good about um, maintaining distance and not getting everyone in their close proximity sick. Listen, we don't do we things won- together anymore. We won the war on COVID. Mar- Martin has not been invited into the uh, the barber household anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, you, I say you know that, too, because he had a KFC meal the other day. Family <laughs> you, meal. You weren't invited. Invite me, they didn't invite me over for some biscuits and uh, coleslaw. That was, you know. That's right. Um, very neighbor, neighborly of them. But be, because we don't we don't watch the films together, Martin often texts me, and I get kind of get like a live tweeting session of like, <laughs> oh, this thing happened and this thing happened. and uh, it, Well, it's that. It's not just to let you know, but it's a way for me to take notes. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so, but I knew that this film went over, you know, like a, a bag of cat piss because <laughs> he, I didn't get very many texts about it. I got a couple, but ultimately there were not very many notes about this movie. <laughs> and you always know that you're in for a good time when you don't have any notes about the movie. <laughs> what do you got? I watched something that was Put the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that happens from time to time, right? Like, I feel like this movie sits very well into the leprechauns. Oh, and, yes, it uh, does. You, you know what I mean? Like, the oh, same type of I've... feeling of movie that is really taxing to watch. Be And, and like, I, I don't know that I can really put a good finger on why these movies are not that fun to watch. I guess it's just because like they don't really have that much going on in them to even entertain you. Um I but I feel like this fits sits right in that scope of like leprechaun movies too. It's it's very, very similar in the if you, approach. If you were to look up the word drudgery, the de- uh dictionary, films like this would be smack you get a list of films like this, like mm-hmm. The leprechaun comparison is so apt. The entire time watching this, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching a fucking leprechaun movie. It just. I don't know if you've ever seen like the Wishmaster sequels either. No, but it sits. Why right, would I? Right, it sits right in those ones too. <laughs> we're go- we're gonna do those at some point. We're gonna do Wishmaster three at some point. But uh, God, how bad was college for you? Were you? Just I have the I have the series on Blu-ray to be. To be honest with you, just um, sitting around like, oh, what are we gonna do to, uh, this week, honey? Am I gonna get drunk and play the bongos? No, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna watch the Wishmaster, old <laughs> nine films. <laughs> yeah, no, or or even the Hellraisers for that matter, like the the later Hellraisers. Um, they I know, but this. at least I have, like I said, I haven't seen a single Hellraiser. But at least from what I have heard, at least the first, you know. Clive Barker film is like you know like this is something I can get behind absolutely like the first because three. because yeah. I mean you know we've talked about that in like almost because we have done an inordinate amount of series on this podcast how you always have like a first film that's like really good and then it just like by the third film they've already fallen off the fucking wagon here it's like you weren't even on the apple cart to begin with you weren't <laughs> on the wagon you know you had nothing. You didn't have a pot to piss in, but yet you somehow made it, you know, came out with more than what you should have. Yeah. So so you, you recently watched the movie, right? Like, you watched it literally just hours ago. 
what would you yeah. what would wh- like why do you think that this movie just feels so long and um you know fairly boring to watch like what would you pinpoint it down to um just not much happens in the film mm-hmm it's like for an 85 minute film this is like terribly paced takes like half an hour to get anywhere and even mm. when you get you know to like the critters showing up they, they don't do anything that's like fun or exciting like you know I think that's really I, I think you're right like that's that's definitely part of it it takes about a half an hour for the bounty hunters to actually show up to earth I don't the, get, like I don't I don't give a shit about fucking Danny Bonaducci showing up to butt fuck nowhere to see Grandma on Easter, like oh, and the meat's bad, oh, cause the critters from last fucking time. Here's these weird ostrich eggs. Everybody play with these weird ostrich eggs. I wasn't sure who you were talking about at first with the Danny Bonaducci reference until now. Now I understand who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the kids, kids, Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> Yeah. Decaffeinated Danny <laughs> Bonaduce. Yeah, yeah. Mullet I, and all. Yeah, like, I okay. definitely get that. And, and like the, the one ear pierced and yeah. You know what though? You know what? We can't fault him too much. Uh we can't we can't fault Scott Grimes too much. He did grow up to be Steve and American Dad, so um which is wow. just a weird thing to have. like okay, he started off in Critters and now he voices a fairly popular American television show. Is, is, hold on. Hold, wait, wait just a goddamn minute. Here. What? Is American Dad actually popular? Or is yeah, it just no, a- it is, yeah. Yeah, it's been around for like, it's actually um, now, I believe, more popular than Family Guy. It's been around for like 18 seasons. So? That's not hard to do these days. Like, networks just don't know when to fucking say like, all right. Mm-hmm. Enough's enough. No, it's, it's, it's definitely more, more popular than, uh. Than, um, Cleveland Family Guy show, now. and the Cle- yeah, Cleveland show. Honestly, too, not only is he an actor, he's also a singer. He has a he has a single or something. Oh, he was on Party of Five. Yeah, Everyone's ne- and, favorite Nev Campbell, and vehicle. he's from fairly close to us, Lowell, Mass. He might as well be our neighbors. So when are we going to do the Party of Five uh, season reviews? Hmm. Start those. Start. We'll have to start a new podcast for that. We'll just do ninety. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Not to get off the beaten track here, but we were talking yesterday about your shitty Barbara household '90s uh, sitcom lineup: Becker, Frasier. What else? Just shoot me, uh, Spin City. Um, uh, Dar- Darwin Greg. Darwin Spin- Greg. Spin City's good. It's done by the same guy who creates Scrubs, so. <sighs> yep, that was the household. But, all right, so anyway, we're, we're way off. Um, so, but, but, so, I think that's the problem. The bounty hunters don't show up uh, till qu- quite late into the film. The critters don't really have much to do until, because it takes them a while to hatch. And so, for the first 30 minutes or so of this movie, we're subjected to some really um, abysmal character development, wherein we it's a, we learn that it's a small town. It kind of hits all the tropes of like the, the late 80s um, 
movies that were 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 doing this sort of thing. Uh, small town, uh, kid comes through, he gets bullied. Uh, there's a a female love interest here, um, and it has all this like hokiness to it too, like almost like TV drama family hokiness to it because um, it does have something of a, like a the intention of being comedic and somewhat sarcastic, but at the same time, it doesn't really come off that well. Um, I don't think the the comedy really works that well at all. Um, it's like very light comedy. It's just random, just random like cursing and shit. I do think that the best parts of this movie though occur unintentionally. Like the entire beginning of the movie where we have an antiques dealer who gets called out by the punk kid in town because he's found some eggs. So like giant eggs that are just, you know, in a barn. And he gets called out and the antiques dealer is like, well, you know what? I normally deal in bicycles and... You know, bureaus and, uh, you know, bed pond, frames. Pond wedding rings. You yeah. Know. But uh, you know what? No, you know what? I, I will. I'll, I'll try to tr- I'll try to sell these eggs for some reason. I, like, <laughs> I've heard a quail egg tastes pretty damn good. I just don't understand the um, the appeal. Like, normally you get, like, somebody like, you know, let's let's t- say, let's take the American Pickers for 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 just oh, shits and giggles. God. Like, we're going to call the American pickers up. Like, I've got some weird eggs in my barn. Like, call a fucking veterinarian. Hangs up. No, they would No, they would They would come around. Yeah, we got an episode. We drove all the way out from buttfuck Iowa out to buttfuck <laughs> Kansas, and uh, this guy's got, like, probably $2,500 worth of eggs. He doesn't know what he's got, though. I offered him a quarter. <laughs> yeah. We're going to incubate these eggs. And uh, eventually have ourselves a little quail farm. But right as they were about to, you know, go and get there and buy those eggs, the tuttle, <clears throat> the tuttles came in and were like, "Hey, we'll get you an Orange County bike if you fucking give us those eggs." <laughs> I just don't understand though. Like, what this, what is this antique dealer gonna do with these eggs? Like, it's not part of his wheelhouse to to sell these eggs. Not only that, what, but- why? Well, I say, why is he here? Because it's a because fu- gremlins. That's why. Right, oh, right. they had it. They had ancient Chinese mystic man. Well, here's the white man version of it. The here's, pawn here's, shop broker. Here's guy drinking in truck <laughs> with random uh, generic beer can. Oh, I love the way that they, that's like the one thing about this film that I love that they actually went full. They leaned into it, like you know how like we always talk about like. Like oh what like would going be into the bar and just saying like I'll take a beer, yeah. I'll take beer, yeah I'll take a beer, you know here they literally wrote on the can beer, just... yeah like capital letters Arial font beer, <laughs> it's a white can too it's like going to like the simple goods store, like <laughs> the butter says butter. <laughs> <laughs> the cereal says cereal. You don't need to know what fucking cereal it is. It's just cereal. It's straight up grain. <laughs> and then we have beer. Three ingredients. Hops, water, barley. We don't That's even know it. the combination. We just make it up as we go. <laughs> just pour some in to the vat. Ferment that it. Is like, I was saying, that is the best part. Because they do have like a lot of Coca-Cola p- paraphernalia bandied about. 
throughout the entire film. But, oh, what kind of beer is he drinking? Is it like High Life or Pabst? Nope. Beer. They do mention Meisterbrow, but the 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 label says otherwise. Apparently, you know, set design wasn't on that day. Why couldn't they have a, a an actual beer on there? Yeah, they got Playboys. Like, mm. do you think Hugh Hefner wants his you know t- his titty magazine being shown up in this film? He's probably like, no, take that away, get it out of here. Well, you yeah. were saying you would rather a few hustlers instead. They're they were the more pornographic of the uh, the era. Or did you want to read Penthouse for the nice steamy letters? <laughs> <laughs> the kid's like, I don't care about any of those pussy shots. Give me those steamy <laughs> Penthouse letters. <laughs> but yeah. What that- Say, would it have been something like they actually got like um i mean it's a little off the beaten path but we fought you know because these aliens are tra- you know can transform into you know shapeshift and one of them sees the playboy magazine shapeshifts into the the playmate wouldn't it have been something they actually got like an actual playmate of the time to be in this film like hey yeah got a great idea hugh uh how about uh you give us one of your playmates uh be in the film, you know, and it'd be great cross promotion. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Roxanne Kernahan um, was in Playboy. Oh, was she? Yep. Um, oh. To some extent, um, she did a lot of um, movies, though. Like she was like the the person that you went to when you needed like um, big busty woman number two. Uh, in your movie, you know, that, that was just going to be like, you know, your background shot of nudity. So she was in, um, a few movies from, from the eighties, the um, probably notably like angel three, uh, which was, you know, like has, has now kind of come out as like the angel series as being like the softcore porno cult film stuff that, that people are interested in. But yeah, she was, um, she was, I think she did at one time do, some Playboy. I don't know if she was ever like on a cover or in the magazine itself, but she did do some Playboy. Um, and so, I mean, so to God it, damn, that film's got Maud Adams in it. <laughs> but it is, it is interesting. Like, I think that that segment too of the having the Playboy magazine where you know that Playboy playmate comes to life and becomes the bounty hunter. I think that's that's interesting and Roxanne Kernahan is like one of or well there's two reasons to watch this movie. It's Roxanne Kernahan's double barrel breasts huh. in this movie. That those are the two reasons right there for you. Um unfortunately, she died not too long after this in 1993. She had gotten a a fatal car accident. Uh succumbed <clears throat> to her injuries and died and it's really a, a very uh unfortunate because uh, we could have had years of more Roxanne Kernahan in, in movies. So, sad little note about Critters Two is that I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was her last movie. Cause no, it wasn't. Um, Scream Queen Hot Tub Party was her last film. 
you don't really want Critters 2 to be your last movie, right? <laughs> like, that's... I think God would give you a pass. If you had, like, a day to die. Oh, it was like... a deadly accident. Like, you know what? You've got... <laughs> You're gonna... We'll find another way for you to go out. You're like Yusuke. Shoot one more. You, you're like Yusuke and Yu Yu Hakusho in the beginning. Like, oh, that wasn't intended for you. To, hold yeah. on, we're going to give you a second. Hold on. <laughs> Take two on this one. Go do another movie. Make sure it's not that Leprechaun sequel that's coming out soon. Because we're not doing this again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, she's, you know, that, that part of it, the, the bounty hunter element of switching bodies is kind of interesting in this movie. And that's kind of weird, too, right? Like... You don't want your movie that's titled Critters to have bounty hunters that are more interesting than the critters. Well, the point, the problem is they're interesting, but they don't, they do fuck all. It takes them forever to like, like the intro is like kind of interesting where you see them like reenacting aliens, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, like I said, so I haven't seen the original Critters, so you. Apparently, the town drunk, you know, joins these bounty hunters after the first film. Mm-hmm. And they're going around, you know, trying to collect these alien bounties. And they're about to collect. And the guy's like, wait, you didn't kill all the creatures on Earth from the last film. You got to go back there and do that before you get your money. And they're like, fuck. Guess we got to go back to Earth. And then they start heading back to Earth. Can you imagine, like, though, too, being a bounty hunter supposed to be eradicating these critters? And then you you just didn't? You're still going to get paid? Well, calling them a bounty hunter, call them exterminators. Yeah, that's true. They kind of are. They're not really, not, they're not like hunting bounties. It's not like every one of these critters is like, you know, uh, nub nubs. Uh, we're going <laughs> to kill nub nubs. He's worth 500,000, uh, you know, chronoids. And we're going to kill uh, Stinky Tooth. And we're going to kill, you know, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't like get individual names like a bounty. Uh, they, they are exterminators. Yeah, you're right. They're just like basically. Not, not, they're, they're not t- only that, they're 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 Ghostbusters. Their backpacks are basically fucking. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly decaffeinated versions of uh, the Ghostbusters, like packs. But it, but uh, I don't know. I just I find it funny that you know they didn't do their job, and then they're not just like get the fuck back to Earth and do your job. They're still gonna get paid. And- you know, not have any issues. But yeah, the I think the bounty hunters are probably a little bit more interesting than the critters. You're right. The critters are, they do have interesting elements to them. Um, when we see what they can do, they have, you know, they have a cool idea. They're little balls of fur that actually have like porcupine quill type things in them. And they're, uh, you know, vicious little buggers that, have super sharp teeth and they pretty much just eat whatever they can find it's an interesting idea the film doesn't do that much with it um the critters themselves don't really get showcased most of the time the puppeteering is like them scooting around in the background like fucking um uh dust balls yeah like they're like you know um what do you call those those uh, t- uh tumbleweeds they're like tumbleweeds in the background that's pretty much all they do for the most part it's like oh that menacing tumbleweed bouncing around somewhere um that's pretty much what they do for most of the movie and you can kind of understand that because of the puppeteering that's that's required to you know get most of them on screen but um when they do showcase the critters i think it's 
just not enough of, for us to see what they actually do. Um, like the one example that I can think of is when they're in the buffet and like they've they've gotten a whole bunch of food and they're basically chowing down on the buffet and the hungry heifer. And um, we see like them for for just a few moments where they get to actually do something in the hungry heifer. And then the bounty hunters come in blasting. So we don't really get to see their abilities or what they do. Um, and I think that's probably more, much more limited in this movie than it was in the original Critters because the original Critters had less Critters in it. This movie has more because that's the whole thing with a sequel. You try to do bigger. You try to do better. But uh, I don't know that Critters 2 really does it bigger uh, or at least it doesn't do it better because there are lots of Critters on screen, but they don't really do that much. And I think that's that's a problem with what this movie tries to do. It just it doesn't do that much with what the critters can do and, and showcase what they do. Um, so I think that's that's part of the problem. Like we just don't have a lot of of stuff that the critters can do. And uh, I think like it introduces some interesting ideas that the critters can do, like creating a giant clumping ball of critters. Um. But I can't. It, I can't help but think every time I saw him rolling around like fucking tumbleweeds, I was just like thinking of the log song from Ren Stimpy. Right. Like what rolls upstairs falls <laughs> over in pairs, runs over your neighbor's dog. What's fit for a hat and great for a snack? It's critters, critters, critters. Yeah, it does. It like they don't. They just don't really do that much. Um, and I think that the Kyoto puppeteering here is not as good as the first movie either. Um. It doesn't. It just doesn't showcase the critters in that good of a scope. Um, we don't really get to see individual critters that well. Um, there's not a lot of attack scenes with critters either. The the most, I guess the the biggest one is when the Easter Bunny gets uh, eaten from the inside, um, where we actually get to see the critters in action and and devouring somebody. Um, I think the other better sequence is when the giant critter ball rolls over that guy that's running away just leaving like a <laughs> yeah, writhing <laughs> skinned mass oh when they were in the fucking field running away all i could think of was like don't go into the long grass <laughs> don't go into the long grass from uh if you don't know that reference from dress park lost world oh yeah love that scene it's one of my favorites well, I'm talking the, the Lost World, not this. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Critters too. What What do you think of uh, Fred Gwynn Light in the film? The sheriff? Yeah. I love him because he's so abrasive at the beginning. Uh, I do like that a lot. He's like, I'm fucking hightailing it out of here. Do you, think, do, we, do you think David Arquette took some notes for Scream 5 from this? I hope so. No, I, I, uh, I, I like him. That, I say, that, that, that is a great part. Like, we need your help, Sheriff. Well, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's, I'm out. I, this town's not worth it. They, I'm going to haul that. I like that, I like that they referenced, too. Like, we need a sheriff. And he's like, you voted me out in a landslide. Which, like, you know, if you think <laughs> about it, I don't think most movies mention or bring up the fact that, like, yes, being a sheriff's an elected role, you know. Yeah, and, and then also, because he was in the first movie, and, you know, kind of espouse the fact that, like, oh, there were, you know, there was animals from outer space here, and we had to get rid of them. 
uh, where people were like, this sheriff's lost his goddamn mind. We got to vote him out. Um, I, I like that. I, I like that idea of carrying that over from the original. I think he does a pretty good job. Um, and, you know, I just like him being one of the sole, like, uh, people that don't feel like, you know, just small town hick guys that uh, uh, have no bearing on the plot. He actually does. And I, I like that uh, they bring him back at the end. Um, it is funny, too, that at the end when, when everything's all said and done and uh, both um, uh, Brad and Megan are he's getting on the bus and they're having their like heartfelt goodbye staring at the bus just like staring at them waiting for them to kiss it's like go ahead and kiss your woman there brad i'll just sit here and watch and so you you can't see my lap (laughs) kiss kiss that woman now danny bonaducci and ain't gonna get much better for you yeah it's just a little awkward there he's just literally staring out and then the 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 movie kind of centers on him like having a nice big giggle (laughs) they just made out my favorite pastime is watching minors (laughs) no wonder they voted him out as sheriff had a lot of questionable (laughs) questionable things happen in the past that was the start of cancel culture <laughs> right there, the fire, the pyre was lit. All I did was show up well, at I mean, elementary no, schools. Well, as I say, I mean that's like a thing of like the eighties, like a lot of eighties films. Like at the end, like everyone be like, "Oh, I yeah, guess I know. you know." It's like, yeah, it's like look away, you creep. I know. <laughs> like look away. I wanted to cop a boob. Avert your eye. Oh, hey, as I say, as Randall says in uh, Clerks Two, two. Avert your eyes, you perv. All right, so you said you thought Megan was like a, a decaf who? Winnie Cooper. Winnie Cooper. See, I don't really see that. I see Sandra Bullock. I see like speed era Sandra Bullock. But no. But she's even no. younger still. How? I was going to say, how dare you? No. She's not speed. It's one, Megan does more in this film than Sandra Bullock does in speed. Sandra Bullock doesn't do anything in Speed except, oh no, we're going to die. And then Keanu is just like, oh no, I'm going to stop the bus. So that whole movie is carried on the shoulders of great men like Jeff Daniels and Dennis Hopper. No, I agree. Sandra Bullock is is the... the, uh... (laughs) To be honest with you, outside of Speed, I can't remember like any really early Sandra Bullock films. Uh, How about Speed 2, Cruise Control? (laughs) <laughs> had that on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, she, uh, how about Miss Congeniality? Um, no, I mean. That's not early, Sandra. No, nah, it's not you? early. I'm saying, so I, I, I see Leanne Curtis. She looks, she has like that Sandra Bullock face with the eyes. I really see Sandra Bullock, but just a young, young version of Sandra Bullock. You see Winnie Cooper. I don't really see that. Unless you're just talking about like the whole kind of sheepish uh sheepish bangs. high school yeah. girl yeah yeah um what do you think of the uh the hungry heifer the uh the <laughs> the restaurant the, the little ditty that they did that's actually i believe that's Mick Garris's uh wife that sings the song maybe <clears throat> I can't remember now. Um, I often, know. I say often forgotten. Yeah, it is. Hef- yep. Heifer includes a lot. I. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, it is. It's uh, Mick Garris's wife that sings that jingle. At the it's, 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 it's the Halloween 3 uh, Silver Shamrock song of the Critter films. Right, because it actually turns out like signaling parts of the end of the movie, too. Like getting them into the meat packing plant and um, drawing them to the hungry heifer so that they uh, with a buffet. Like, <laughs> so it, after, after seeing what goes on it, like what the food looks like in that meat packing plant, would you want to go to the hungry heifer? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, oh, look at all these already pre-frozen burgers. Even though we live in this lovely, you know, town meant for like slaughtering <laughs> cows, rural town. But we, yeah, we we just deep freeze our burgers. And chili sauce and ketchup. Oh, it's the best part about it is just the fact that Mandark's the fucking manager of the hungry heifer. Yeah, and he actually becomes the bounty hunter for a little while. He has such a uh, distinctive voice, voice. yeah, and face, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just—it's hard to not realize that it's that's him. <laughs> All, all I can think of in my head is like, ha 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 Also, uh, to note, too, is that, um, you know, Bob Shea from New Line, who is the, uh, basically the um, major producer on most New Line movies, uh, his his daughter's in this, Lynn Shea, uh, who plays like the, the newspaper reporter uh, with the red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has snuck into a lot of new line movies that way, just like randomly, uh, you know, showing up because, you know, listen, family at, Mir- at Miramax, you have to sleep with a Weinstein and new line. You just got to be a relative. That's right. Yeah. Um, how'd you like the, uh, the reference to, um, Cujo? Nightmare on Elm Street? Wow. That, yeah. Where, you know, there was, because this is obviously, there's a new line movie too. And, uh, wouldn't that have been great if they actually got Robert England to be in here? They would have been, but I feel like that's, that was the whole joke. It's like, no, don't. (laughs) We got to pay the man again. (laughs) Well, he probably, they probably were going to pay him. He's like, no, I'll pass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would have been cool, but, uh, I understand why they didn't. But it's a fun little, uh, little, uh, franchise crossover there. Tie-in. Yeah. When are we going to get, uh, a Nightmare on Critters? (laughs) We got a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and all of a sudden a critter rolls around. That's what we wanted to see. We didn't want to see Freddy versus Jason. We wanted to see Freddy versus a critter. Yeah. Who do you think wins? Oh. I mean, it's probably be pretty easy to outsmart the critter in a dream, dream world. Like uh, fucking dream up a pit, have the critters fly into it. Tr- no, it'd be a cheeseburger. Yeah, put a cheeseburger in a pit, <sighs> put the critters in it. You I really won. like that. That's a good. Uh, it's a good uh, satire on America's gluttony. How our desire for things like cheeseburgers have led us astray into being a fat, entitled people. Mm. Well done, Graders, too. You've been more thought-provoking than you thought. 
What do you th- what did you think about the fake out um Gundam style suicide <laughs> mission? That- <laughs> <laughs> Just ca- kamikaze. <laughs> yeah. Kamikaze <laughs> that uh Charlie does into the into the massive critters ball there. I was just uh thinking of taps in my head as soon as that <laughs> just, just, I was actually hoping actually when they exploded the exploded the polar burger plant that the film would just like end right there like believe it I'm you know and roll credits you would have been no. happy you would have been like oh thank oh. god no I understand no, I, the it, film it, just it keeps on, going it just went keeps... on for like another 15 minutes yep. It's like, no, wait a second, they survived. Now we got to drive them all the way over here. And yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand because I, I felt the same way. Like at a certain point, you're just like, well, these critters just fucking die already. Like, people just find a way to get rid of them. We have like things to do today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, uh, one of the funnier parts to me was um, when the the. AKA bully. I wouldn't really call him a bully just because he told the antique shop guy, like, yeah, here's the eggs. Now give me all the beer and your playboys. Um, at that near the end, when he's trying to escape town, you see like a part of like the electrical post is down. He's like, Oh no, there's no way to get out of town. It's like, but you're in a fucking Jeep. That incline uh, like to the side. Isn't that bad. You can literally just drive around it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know he's capable of doing that because his jeep is totally covered in mud. So you like in the when we first see him, so he obviously goes like you know to the local watering hole and tears it up down there. No, see that's the that's the thing about it though is what you do when you have a jeep like that is you go to like on a wet day you go out to the the just like a regular old lawn and you start revving it, spray that mud up, and then drive it around town like you did do mudding. Makes you look like a nice big badass in your Jeep. So I think that's what most Jeep Jeep owners end up doing. <laughs> no, man, yeah. Man, the, I, 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 I don't know about you, but to me, I was laughing my ass off at that. Like, and just so, seeing like, the, the entire road is out. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, though, would have been funnier is like if he ch- attempted it and failed and then went back to town. Because then afterwards he's like, yeah, and the whole west side is out too. Like, I tried it. (laughs) Please don't go check it out, though. My Jeep couldn't handle it. They get out there and they're like, what the hell? My fucking fucking Cavalier could have gotten over that, you son of a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Find out he just couldn't do it in the Jeep. Yeah. That's about it. That's all I really got to say about Critters 2. I know. How'd you? I would say, how'd you like the little Easter egg hunt that never happened? You know, gently laying out the, the little chocolate bunnies. I love it. I love Easter. I love the, the searching for eggs that kids will never find, and then they'll get smelly and, you know, stay out there for. You do an Easter ham family? Uh, no, we are not an Easter ham family. Well. You know what? My, if if my parents had it their way, then yes, they would be. We would be an Easter ham family because they actually offered that. But no, you know what we're having on Easter? We're having what steak. Wow. Grilled up steak. Pretty sure it's blasphemous. Listen, you're not even allowed to grill it. Yep. That's what it's we're not, doing. 
That's not a thing. There's no grilling of steak. That's what we're doing. Gotta do it in a pan. We're doing grilled steak. We're doing um, baked potatoes. That's not Easter at all. Wow, Jesus died and resurrected for you, for you not to sit there with your twenty five dollar T bones and. No, we're not. A, we're not a ham family. Um, I'm. You know what though? I'm not really an Easter person, to be honest with you. I'm not religious. I definitely don't partake in the fake guy came back from the dead zombie like style. Well, he wasn't fake. Jesus was a real man. How dare you? I, I definitely don't partake in that uh, scenario. Um, but I celebrate it anyway because it's a holiday. If you were to come back, he, Jesus would be eating his prime rib. Yeah. And if Jesus and if Jesus were to come back or if he is living among us right now and he's listening to this show. He is. Okay. <laughs> I would just tell him, like, why you got to be an asshole like that and just, you know, disappear for 2,000 oh. years. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, when, when think about it now. Like, if you go on Tinder. <laughs> I, I don't, obviously. But if you did and sure? you're talking to somebody, you go oh, on a yeah. first date, and then they ghost you, like, that's annoying enough, right? Like, they, that was just someone you met once. Think about Jesus. He's supposed to be our savior. Fucking ghost us for two thousand years. What an asshole! If he does come back, I'm telling him I'm not forgiving you for another at least forty years. <laughs> You're going in my black book, Jesus. But yeah, um, like I said at the beginning of this movie or at the beginning of the show, this movie really—it's an Easter movie. To the extent that it takes place, like, on the Easter weekend, there's an Easter bunny, and that's about it. It doesn't really have that much else to do with Easter. Um, actually, I really think the Easter setting is just a means of getting those eggs into the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to, to well, explain the like fact that there are eggs. Like I said, I think it's because, like, like oh, resurrecting. Like, mm -hmm. oh, re like we're resurrecting this plot. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, the critters are, are resurrected. Like the guy was sitting there, like, <laughs> you devil, you. <laughs> well, so if if Critters 2, Critters 2 shouldn't be named the main course then. It should be named like the the first supper after the last one. We brought him back. Some Spanish artichoke dip. <laughs> critters 2, the... The next supper. Yeah, that's 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 all I got really for for Critters Two. Um, there's not too much more to say about it. It's one of those movies that you, you know, you watch it. It kind of happens you, at, at, during the watch. You're like, man, how much longer does this have? And you're only like 35 minutes in, and. Um, you know, you know, like you watch it, and it, there's really at the end of the movie, you're just like, "Huh, okay, moving on." It's not one that you think about. It doesn't really have like an over, like you said, like you can you could find resurrection themes here if you want to, um, but it doesn't really have an overarching like theme to it. It's just like small town USA. Believe Grover the, Bend in Kansas. Believe the kid who cried wolf sometimes. 
Uh, that's about it. All this movie was missing was I was born in a small town. <laughs> that's that should be at the end when it's like zooming out <gasps> of the town, where it says like th- we want to thank uh, the people of Grover's Bend for allowing us to uh, film the movie here. Like we was born in a small town. Oh, I can't forget where it is I come from. I can't forget it was Danny Bond, dude. She's singing the song. People. Ah, there you go. That's a good tie-in. It's like, oh, it's Danny Bonaducci's new hit single. For the Critters 2 soundtrack. <laughs> uh, the poor bastard who went out to RCA Records and, uh, store and was like, yeah, the Critters 2 soundtrack? Uh. <laughs> I was hoping to uh, see uh, if uh, Scott Grimes uh, contributed any original music. <laughs> I'm a big fan. He could have been the next Chris Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What a weekend game. Oh, I think we've done more. <laughs> Your preamble was longer than this discussion. Yeah, yeah, probably was. All right, so we got to rate Critters 2, the main course. So, um, on a scale of, uh, not meant to be disparaging, but on a scale of Roxanne Kernahan's gigantic bazongas, what would you give Critters 2, the main course? Like how you preface that. <laughs> I'd give it a four and a half. That's straight truth right there. I don't know what else you can call it. The cannons. Kernahan cannons. <laughs> they are, man. I'd give it a four and a half. Um... This movie's just not that enjoyable. It's not like a bad... It's not a badly made film by any stretch of the means, but it doesn't have the charm that it, you would expect in a film like this. Like, part of... Like, Gremlins, when you think about it, isn't like a like intricate, like, oh my god, what a fucking brilliant idea. It works because it has the charm. It has Phoebe Cates. It has... Ralph Macchio in this and it's paced well and they make make it work. This isn't doesn't have like any of the charm. There's no there's no charm to be found. The humor's incredibly lacking. There's not like, really any unintentional humor in this either. Like where like if like a troll or the room where it's like so bad it's good. There's none to be found here. This is just a stereotypical boring bland mediocre film it doesn't do anything wrong like really wrong but it doesn't do anything really right either and that's a damning thing like 20 minutes like 15 minutes 20 minutes into this film i was thinking oh my god fucking watching another leprechaun film and that's bad because as we talked about in the years that we've done those films, one of the most damning things about the franchise after the first film is that, holy shit, it's not even bad. It's just, like, incredibly tedious. And this is tedious. And there's no reason for it to be tedious because it's only 85 goddamn minutes long. Um, this does not give me any desire to check out the rest of the Critters films. Does it give me any reason to think that there's anything to be 
found to be enjoyable out there. Um, this is just a dreadfully dull film. And I hope we never cover it again because it's there's nothing really here. I'm surprised we stretched this episode out as long as we have so far, to be honest with you. <laughs> Man, it's not for so, lack of trying. So, four and a half. Uh, I would give it... I guess I would probably give it like a five. I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling generous. Um, I, I, I do think that this movie, like you said, is well made. It it has everything going on that you would expect from a movie, a horror movie of, of this caliber. Um, it just is not that interesting to watch. It doesn't have a lot of critters elements to it um, with the Kyoto Brothers puppeteering. It... Um, it just doesn't have a lot going on and it kind of succumbs to the same issues as a lot of the other um, late eighties, early nineties, like uh, made for video knockoff films. Um, it just, it, it you know, it, it smacks of like writing that doesn't really understand pacing. Um, and you know, it has a difficult time navigating with what it wants to do with its plot and themes um to the point where i feel like critters 2 the main course doesn't really have that many themes it's just like a movie that happens and um it's basically an offshoot of the first movie really doesn't do that much different it's just you know set in a, it has a fairly different a very very different uh feel to it because of like the bounty hunters element um so it changes it up that way but other than that it's really like the same idea as the original critters um I think there are uh, interesting some some interesting scenes at play, but for the most part, it it is really like a mundane movie. Um, I don't think it would really uh, prompt anybody to go check out the rest of the series. It is like the dropping off point too. So like once you get through Critters two uh, and get into Critters three and four, uh, you'll see that like it like that once you watch Critters four, you'd be like, wow, Critters two masterpiece, really good. Um, can't believe I did. I did, I disparaged that other film as much as I did. Um, so Critters Two is like really not the the uh, abyss here, um, but it just is not that great of a movie. Um, but watchable. So that's why I give it a five. You know, it's middle of the road, not going to be great, but you can watch it. All right. So that's our Critters Two slash Easter episode. We are going to be back, I think, next week uh, with The Batman because that's going to hit streaming services. Um, It's going to hit HBO Max on the 18th. So we are going to be able to catch that and watch it and cover it for our our show. Better be worth the three and a half fucking hours. I know. I'm going to have to set aside like a work day to to watch it. Uh Best meme I've seen from it so far is like Robert Pattinson, like when he finds out he has to find all the Riddler trophies. Yep. I'm looking forward to it though. Um, Have you seen some blasphemy? We are old now. You want to know how we're old now? You know how like the Nolan films, especially The Dark Knight, were a sacred cow? Mm-hmm. No longer sacred cows. Mm-hmm. I was seeing on the Facebook how people were like, when you look back at them, they're not really that good of a film. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch them again because I haven't watched them since that time. And I didn't really enjoy them, but um, I'll have to check them out again. Well, and we see. all love The Dark Knight. And I really like The ba- Batman Begins. 
Bat- I really like Batman Begins with Scarecrow and Raish, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to beat when your best film is The Mask of the Phantasm. I'm working my way up to that. I'm watching the Batman series right now. The animated series? Mm-hmm. How are you liking it? It's good. I've, I'm only like 13 episodes in, but... So oh, I'm it's so good. just good. I don't know. I like. I mean, there are there are standalone episodes that are really good. Call uh, yourself, you call yourself a millennial, and you're just saying, "Yeah, the animated series, it's just it's good." Yeah, like I said, there there are standalone episodes that are really good. Then there are standalone episodes that are like, "Okay, yeah, it was good." Have you seen I'm the bad. Christmas episode yet? No, not yet. Great. It's great. Yeah. So. uh You'll want to tune in for our episode on the Batman. It's probably going to be uh, four and a half episodes, or four and a half hours long. Um, but uh, we'll we'll have that for you next week. So uh, we hope to see you back. If you want to be caught up, oh, to real, d- real yep, quick, go, go for it, go for it. How far away is Grover Bend, Kansas, from Liberty, Kansas, where the French Dispatch is? Oh, I don't know. I would say not that far. Well, maybe it is that far. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like, if anything, like it's Grover Bend's, like, like probably maybe near the south of Kansas. Could be. be- because when we have Winnie Cooper talking about potentially where she'd go to college, and the one kid says, like, oh, uh, I went, from Kansas- went to Kansas City, and she goes, Kansas City K- KS or Kansas City, Missouri? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's probably fairly far to Liberty. All right, so if you want to stay caught up to date on all of our stuff for our next episodes, you should subscribe to us. We're on pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, our home base at uh, anchor.fm. Uh, you can use Good Good Pods now. Somebody uh, on our Twitter turn me on to that apparently our episodes aren't working on uh, for, for download on that so if you do try to do that and you've uh found some episode that you can't download let us know because uh i need to look into why that is you should be using Podbay, you fucking heathen you can I'm use sure. anything anything no I mean, no no me, no for me i don't prefer Podbay. i use different different apps actually you know what i don't listen to podcasts that often to be to be honest with you i'm gonna be completely honest i don't listen to that many podcasts wow one of those people i am I'm too, but i am too, glad too that other people do so they can listen to us i listen to some but i i listen to music way more so that's that's generally the reason why I, is that is that what you call it yes music yep <laughs> <laughs> uh we are on facebook and twitter you can find us on there just search for us blood and black rum podcast we're on um patreon as well where you can donate to us patreon.com slash blood and black crumb podcast whatever you can send our way we're going to put it back towards beer so thanks for fueling our alcoholism and um, you can also write to us at blood and black crumb podcast at gmail.com let us know what you like what you don't like if we breathe too much and we can uh, (laughs) certainly take that into consideration thanks for listening we hope you see you back for our batman episode sorry the bat can't forget the article the batman episode next week and when are we getting I, brave and the bold the what's that when are we getting the batman film the brave and the bold i don't know
right. So until <laughs> <laughs> until then, take care. <laughs> <laughs>